There are a lot of issues on voters' minds right now. Six big ones could help decide the election. Guns, reproductive rights, immigration, the economy, health care, and the wars overseas. On the Consider This podcast from NPR, we will unpack the debates on these issues and what's at stake. You can listen to NPR's Consider This wherever you get your podcasts. When I last interviewed Hannah Hopko, it was February 24th, the day Russia invaded Ukraine. And Hopko was in hiding outside Kiev with her husband and a guinea pig. Okay, let me back up. Hopko is a former member of Ukraine's parliament. She was one of the original leaders of the pro-democracy Euromaidan protests in 2014. Hannah Hopko is also a mom whose 11-year-old daughter had been begging for a pet guinea pig for months in the run-up to the invasion. When war came, Hopko evacuated her daughter to safety, and she went into hiding with the guinea pig in tow. Well, this week, Hannah Hopko is in Washington, and I could not wait to catch up. <gasps> Hi. Hello. I'm sorry, I just remembered the long oh. of State Department. Oh, I'm glad to see you. Oh, I'm so happy. We arranged to meet up downtown as she was racing from one meeting to the next. I started by asking, is your family okay? Your daughter? I haven't seen my daughter from uh, March 2nd. She had to leave with my uh, parents, my sister and her two daughters. Yeah, so actually I'm planning after my foreign visits, finally uh, to meet my daughter probably uh, in July. And, uh, it's a long time. It's four months. Yeah, it's four months, but uh, we couldn't uh, expect that there would be full-scale escalation when we had uh, to leave. Okay. Just before we move on, your daughter, she's safely out of Ukraine? Yes. Okay. Um, and the guinea pig? And the guinea pig today had received a message from my friend uh, who is taking care of the guinea pig that... Uh, that Nafania is missing you. When will you be back? And just <laughs> when will you be constantly in Ukraine that you could take back the guinea pig? But, you know, the life is uh, now, after February 24, changed a lot. It seems like the previous life uh, doesn't exist anymore. Like this normality, when you sit in the kitchen with daughter, husband, with the guinea pig, probably... The saddest moment that you don't know when actually you could be reunited. I was going to ask, though, because you and I have swapped messages all through the war. But the only other time I've actually met you in person was in Kiev in a pizzeria before the war. Um, And I wondered if that feels like a totally different life to you. It sounds like the answer is yes. Like for all, all my nation, for millions of uh, Ukrainians, every day we are receiving uh, not just one, not just three, not just five tragic news that we are losing our friends. Five uh, a day of yes, people you, you yes, know. Yes, and it's really, um, it's really very sad because like in March... In Facebook, you could see, like, one news. Then now, in our WhatsApp chats, when people are sending, like, stories, like Roman Ratushny, 24 years old, was killed, a patriot, uh, activist. This is the future of Ukraine. So this is why 
I cannot understand why the West is so reluctant to help us to win faster. I cannot believe anymore in these bureaucratic excuses that the weapons are uh, delivered so uh, with, delay, with delay because of some problems. It's God's purpose that Ukraine is winning and will win the war. So we have to start thinking, what next? And it's not just about regime change. It's about the change of the imperialistic nature of Russian statehood. You said you can't understand why the West is so reluctant to help Ukraine. And I do want to push back a little bit. The U.S. and its allies have helped a lot Uh, Just this week, I think since you've traveled to Washington, the U.S. has just announced an additional billion dollars, more ammo, more artillery, more weapons to defend the coast. The U.S. and its allies are not doing nothing here. So, of course, we are very thankful for uh, assistance, military, humanitarian aid we already received. But if we discussed about uh, sanctions effect, it takes a long time that Russian economy starts not collapsing, but creates a problem for totalitarian regime. And even with the sixth package of the EU, oil or energy embargo, still there are many loopholes. And weapons, uh, uh, of course, what we are receiving, it's good, but it's not enough. And when I mentioned my friends who already um, died, This is also because lack of weapons. So what is your reaction when you hear, um, for example, uh, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, President Biden's top military advisor? He has pushed back um, on complaints from Ukraine that the weapons aren't getting there quickly enough. He says the U.S. and its allies have sent more anti-tank weapons than there are tanks in the world. So I think it's not just... U.S. responsibility. I think it's also Germany and France responsibility. Ukrainian victory is in the interest of global democracy. People in Moldova, they consider Ukraine victory as a chance for them. People in Belarus who are suffering from Lukashenko regime, they also pray for Ukrainian victory. And people in Taiwan, they really believe that with Ukrainian victory, this will be a powerful signal that China could not attack them. Isn't this all in the U.S.? interest. And if you allow uh, Russia to use nukes to blackmail you, isn't it mean that the countries with the nukes, like North Korea, China, and others, will start using the same strategy to blackmail a civilized democratic nation that they will use nukes if you do not close eyes when China will attack Taiwan? It's about your credibility. Because we in Ukraine, we used to look in the West as a model. We are dying for values, which are some countries in the West are not even ready to pro- provide us with weapon we need. This hypocrisy, this hybrid diplomacy finally has to stop. As we were saying goodbye, Hopko pulled up a picture on her phone. It was sent to her by friends fighting in eastern Ukraine. They evacuated this uh, cute uh, dog mm-hmm. with one, two, three, four, five. Five puppies. Yes, and one of them, he asked me to take one of them. So uh, we will take this uh, cute... So you're getting a puppy? Yes, the, the, this, this puppy. I dream to finally to meet uh, my daughter, my husband, our guinea pig, Nafanya, and one 
a small uh, future member of our family. <laughs> one, one husky puppy. <laughs> one husky puppy, yes. <laughs> Hanna Hopko of Ukraine, former MP, pro-democracy activist and mom to a daughter, a guinea pig, and soon, a puppy. Moms know the ups and downs of life. It's what makes them great subjects for books. This is one of the things that fiction can do, right? It can give us a window into the battles that each person is waging or facing, but it doesn't mean that we condone her actions. This week on NPR's Book of the Day podcast, we are discussing books centering mothers. So call your mom, then tune into the Book of the Day podcast from NPR. On the TED Radio Hour... In the middle school cafeteria, Tai Tashiro always sat with his equally nerdy buddies. The socially awkward kids who were the furthest thing from cool. And he often wondered, Why am I so socially awkward and what am I going to do about that? Now Tai is a psychologist and expert on awkwardness, and he has some answers. That's on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. With more and more information coming at you all day, every day, it can be hard to know where to focus. The new Consider This newsletter from NPR can be that focus. Every weekday afternoon, we take one of the day's biggest stories and break it down in a simple, skimmable format so you can get a better grasp of one important topic and what it means for you in a couple of minutes. Sign up for free at npr.org slash consider this newsletter.